This is the Authority Partners Podcast. Welcome to the Authority Partners Podcast. Due to the current context, we are not in our usual studio today, but we are bringing you this podcast using a collaboration tool. Today, my guest is Emma Borovina, who is director and the co-owner of Creativa. She has been involved in organizational and talent development for over 15 years. Development-oriented, with focus on the concept of excellence and efficiency, is constantly looking for a new way to develop and design effective behaviors. She brings a tremendous amount of professional knowledge and experience to education. So far, she has created and conducted more than 100 trainings in a field of soft skills for employees in a remarkably diverse range of functions in various industries. Emma is specialized in strategic role and development of human resources management function in organizations. Today, we will talk about productivity and work-life balance when working from home. Emma, welcome. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be your guest. In just a few weeks, if not days, our world and our work has changed profoundly. Without any notification or preparation, we found ourselves in a situation where we are isolated, working from home, some of us leading virtual teams, some of us managing spouses and kids at the same time as managing work. The purpose of this podcast is to explore ways in which we can maintain our productivity and keep work-life balance in these new conditions. Emma, what happens with our focus and ability to concentrate when home becomes an office? Well, many things happen, but one of them is that our brain gets confused and that creates problems with uh, productivity and focus. For most of us, uh, home is a place where we rest, where we relax and spend time with our family. And office is a place where we work and have meetings. But when home becomes office, we have to transform. We have to change our habits, our behaviors. And this may mean uh, different things. For example, it may mean that we need to transform our sofa from being place to hang out, play Xbox or watch TV, into a place where we are highly productive, focused on results, and where we meet with our boss and our clients. For example, I had to transform area which for years had served as my yoga, meditation, relaxation area into workplace. And this sounds much easier than it is in reality. Uh, it is because it's in our nature to spend part of our days on autopilot to go through habits and rituals without paying special attention to what we are actually doing. When we wake up, for example, we don't think much about our morning routine. We just go through it. This is just the way our brains work. So certain periods of day and certain places simply activate learned behavioral patterns. And that's great thing about our brain. For example, if you have evening routine, for me it includes reading in bed, just going through it activates sleep mode for you and you start feeling sleepy, your metabolism slows down and level of focus goes down. Now, how is this related with what happens with us when our homes become our workplace? In order to work, we need focus and concentration. But if we work from home, there is a big possibility that just sitting at our sofa 
will trigger pattern of relaxation and our body will start sending a signal that it is time for resting. Those signals are not conscious. They are part of our unconscious mind. And that's what's tricky with all this. So when our homes become our workplace, one of the things that happens is that our brain gets confused and on unconscious levels, it sends us signals that this is not the time or place for being focused and concentrated. This is time and place to be relaxed. And in order to fight that, we need to form new habits and change our behaviors. So basically to find a focus and better concentrate at home, we need to basically train our brain from the start to, to make new uh, way of uh, thinking, uh, actually acting when home. Uh, is that the solution to find a focus and better concentrate at home? Yes, exactly. We just need to help our brain to break previous and build new associations. In order to do that, we need new routines, but even more important, we need a lot of discipline and self-control in order for new behaviors to become new habits. Also, when uh, we think about uh, difference, different ways we can help uh, ourselves to find focus and concentrate at home. One of the important things is to manage our own expectations. Researches show that we can expect to have about three hours of really focused time during our day. So having this in mind, we need to plan ahead and use this time to focus on priorities that ask for concentration and hard thinking. So we need to manage our expectations. We need to understand how focus works and that we cannot be focused all the time and as much as we want. There are some limitations regarding that. Also, we need to understand that when we are working from home, we usually need more time to get into the state of deep focus. So for something that usually took us 30 minutes, we need to plan more time. We need to plan 45 minutes, for example, because when we work it from home, it's harder to get into the state of deep focus. Maybe the, the time that we used to use to get to work and come back from home, that could be in our minds a time that we are getting into work. Yes, and it's important to allow that to ourselves, not to be frustrated when we feel that we are not as concentrated as we are used to be. Sometimes we put extra pressure on ourselves when we are not as concentrated, as productive as we are used to be. But these are different times and there are so many factors that affect our productivity. So it's important to allow this extra time to get in a state uh, in which we are ready for hard mental work. Emma, you're a mother of two uh, working from home. Can you share some tips and best practices regarding managing kids and work at the same time? I'm sure this is very crucial for many people. 
Uh, yes, I am a mother of two, one teenager, she's 13, and a boy who is eight. And both my husband and I, we work very hardly, very actively from home during this crisis. At the beginning, uh, this is one interesting experience that I would like to share with you and also a rule that we impl implemented that really works for us. Uh, at the beginning, I was very strict about... Uh, being quiet and um, kids couldn't come into my room when we when I was on call. So I had very, very high expectations from myself about what is professional and what can or cannot be heard or seen during the calls. I applied that to all my calls. And that created a lot of tension within family because we were stressed, both kids and we were all stressed all the time. It was not able for them to follow what I expected them. And I was frustrated because I felt as if I'm not professional enough because of the fact that my kids were somewhere in the background. And then we talked about that. And also I talked a little bit with myself. That's also very important. And we implemented a system of three levels of quietness. So... Yeah. <laughs> there was a there was a first level of quietness where I mean we have to be mindful of each other during the workday because all four of us are working or being at school. But at this first level of quietness, we don't really have to be that careful. And it's okay if you talk in the background or go into the room or something. Uh, something else. And this level was for the times when uh, we are not in hard mental work or on some formal meetings. The other level is the level where we agreed that we need to be quiet, the kids need to be quiet, but it's okay if they need us, they can quietly come into the room, say something, ask for something, get something that they need. And those times were for, for example, this is the time I use when I have some uh, calls with my teammates that are not as formal as um, some other calls. And there is this third level of quietness. And when we announce that it's third level of quietness, then nobody gets in. I mean, only in high emergencies, kids can come into my room while I'm on call or something else. And I use this level of quietness when I have these very formal calls or when I am recording online workshops or, or so something like that. We are at the level three. Presently, we are at the level three of quietness. And unless something really, really <laughs> um, <laughs> bad happens in kitchen, we shouldn't have any, uh, uh, we shouldn't have any noise on this meeting. So it's easier this way because it relieves some stress. It gives some structure and kids know how to navigate through this new rules of behavior within a home. What a great way to kind of put them in, in uh, first responsibility, then, then to uh, give them flexibility and uh, to basically have this collaborative process, family process of time management. Yes. And also what uh, we 
discovered, we are also, as everybody, learning through experience, we discovered that it's so important and precious to communicate all the time about what we need, about the rules, to include kids into this communication and to explain them the reasons behind the rules and to do it again and again, not to expect that they, once we told them that those rules stick with them for next two weeks, but to repeat them and to come back to that conversation about, um, about working together, all four of us. Great. I, I'm sure that many of our uh, listeners will try the same uh, methodology within their families. Emma, many of us uh, working from home uh, struggle to stop working and relax. And that, of course, affects our work-life balance. What do you recommend? Yes, that's uh, something that happens to me, too. I'm that type of person, too. So I will... Uh, share my experience. I that I think that's most useful. Uh, first thing is structuring time. Make a ske- schedule that suits you and stick to it. Mm-hmm. That's the way to help your brain make new associations. And when we have problems getting into the work state or getting out of the work state, one of the best things we can do to help our brain is give it some structure and structure the time. So in time, within few weeks, our brain will associate certain parts of the day with work and certain parts of the day with relaxation. That's one thing that I think is really crucial. But there is another practice that I've been practicing and it helps a lot and that's introducing a ritual of going home, Mm -hmm. leaving work and coming home. When I finish my work time, usually I work until six in the afternoon. First thing I do after I finish with the work is go out and have a short walk, 15 minutes walk by Mm. myself. Sometimes my husband joins me. Unfortunately, kids couldn't in the last weeks. Mm -hmm. So when I go out, that I associate that with the fact that I'm leaving work. And when I come back from that walk, my mind is coming home. And it's set to get into a relaxation period. So this short ritual of Uh, literally leaving home and then coming back, for me, it's really helpful to get out of the work state of mind, to leave the work issues behind and to focus on uh, what's happening in the family and at home. Yeah, for me, that's like, uh, because I'm as well uh, working from home uh, in uh, regular conditions, so like office-free, that for me, it's a cooking. Uh, when I close my laptop, I go straight to the kitchen and start cooking. So my mind relaxes and gets into another mode. Another that's big a great issue. Ritual. Yeah, that's that's one of the ways. Now I'm just rethinking my habits and uh, being like working from home. You just need to stop at one point and go away from the working area and then go into your private area. 
But I wanted to ask you uh, another big issue that affects productivity when working from home is this communication with, with the team, uh, with your team. What uh, would you say are the most important things to have in mind in this specific area? Because a friend of mine who is working in the office the other day said that they're not that close anymore. Even they have team meetings regularly as they, they kept their schedule, but they're not close, in, close anymore. Well, there are many things that affect uh, communication and Uh, collaboration and trust connection between team members during this working from home period that we are going through. Uh, one of them that I would like to mention is very important is from time to time, whatever your uh, office, uh, your team or organizational culture is, from time to time, have meetings where your uh, video is, uh, your camera is on. That really helps. It doesn't have to be all the meetings, but once a week, have a meeting with all team members and turn your cameras on so you can see each other, so you can see the background. Uh, that really helps with connection and trust between team members. Another thing that I would like to talk a little bit about is expectations. That's something that's important regardless of whether we are working from home or not, but in this these conditions, it becomes even more important. So setting and sharing and agreeing upon expectations is crucial. This is about really talking about and expressing your new reality, telling your teammates and your manager about your reality and being very open about it. You want them to know what hurdles you are facing and what you are doing to overcome them and what you need. So there's nothing in our circumstances that we should be ashamed of or we sh should feel that this is not appropriate topic to talk about with my teammates or my boss. For example, the fact that I have a two-year-old around me at certain periods a day and that I cannot change nothing about that. So those are the things that we need to talk about. Also to talk about working time, for example, what times will we be working? How flexible can we be? Just to try to find win-win for, for ourselves and for our team. I can tell you about one example from Creativa. So we in Creativa at the very beginning of this crisis agreed to make the best effort to save 10 to 12 for our team meetings, video calls, and all the activities that need instant response for other team colleagues. And the rest of the day is reserved for more focused time or activities that we work on individually. So 10 to 12 in our team is synchronized time. That's the time when we are expected to be in sync with the rest of the team and the rest of the day is asynchronized, so to say. And of course, this doesn't work 100%. And of course, we are being flexible in order to achieve results. But the fact that we had this topic on a table, we talked about it, and we agreed on this rule, 
really makes change and makes a big difference at the end. And there are many other things that we bring on the table. So we call it what to do if. From time to time, some of us gets confused. What do I do when I need to get in touch with a team member and he is not online? I cannot get in touch with him. Or what if somebody from my team wants to get in touch with me and I'm not online? So instead of contemplating or making some assumptions about what is right or what's not right to do in those situations, the best thing is to talk about those what ifs with your boss and with your teammates. So just bring it to the table at one of the next meetings and talk about it and agree upon certain behavior, certain rule that suits you all. That really helps for team members to feel more comfortable, not to feel guilty, not to, it helps with different misunderstandings that happen when we do not work at the same place and we do not see each other hardworking and everything. That's great. Uh, that's really good solution for, for teams. Would you like to add anything or do you have one last advice for our audience? As I said, uh, right now we are now working in a situation where we don't see each other hard working all the time so in remote environment when you are not sure what somebody is doing or why it's quite easy to make assumptions so my advice would be in difficult conversations or conflicts that we of course get into our with our teams remotely as we did when we were working from office, assume misunderstanding over bad intentions. Assume mistake over malice. We don't want to go into situation assuming that someone at the other side doesn't know what they are doing, that they have bad intentions, that they are lazy, that they are slacking, watching television. We need to assume that we don't understand what's happening. And uh, instead of going into conclusions, ask, explore, be curious about the reasons behind certain behavior of our team members. So that's, that's something I think is really crucial in this time of remote, remote working. Yeah, actually communicate with people. We have a means where we, we have ways to communicate. So Let's do it in, in this specific crisis. Uh, Emma, thank you so much for being with us. It was really great pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having me. The pleasure was mine too. Thank you for listening to the Authority Partners podcast. Find more episodes via authoritypartners.com or join and follow us at our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Thank you for listening to Authority Partners podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode.